Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Welcome to This Miraculous Life, broadcasting and recording live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Sarah Oliveri Olumba, and this podcast is about tuning in with the miraculousness of life and liberating yourself from all of the bullshit that gets in the way of exactly that. I have my master's degree in positive psychology, which is basically the scientific study of human thriving, and I have a life coaching practice here in Washington, D.C. So I started this podcast because I have a belief that life is pretty fucking miraculous and that there is lots of bullshit that gets in the way of us experiencing it that way on an everyday basis. And so I want that to be less the case. I want every day to be able to be experienced as more miraculous and a little bit less bullshit because as a wise person once said, I think it was Agatha Christie, but I might have, I might be making that up. I need to Google it. One of my favorite quotes, no, Annie Dillard. I'll look it up. I promise you guys. But the quote says, um, how you spend your day, how you spend your days is of course, how you spend your life. So that quote always really resonated with me because um, it like seems obvious how you spend your days is, of course, how you spend your life, but we don't really notice it on a day to day basis. You know, it kind of seems like, okay, today is a regular day and today I'm going to get up and, you know, go to work and make an affordable dinner and get enough water to drink and go back to bed. And, you know, that's not my life, but actually it is. (laughs) So I believe that it is profoundly important to spend not just our vacation days or our weekend evenings, you know, or our summers in a way that feels miraculous, but to spend our daily routine and our daily habits and our waking hours in a way that feels miraculous. So uh, that matters to me. And that is a big part of the reason that this podcast is happening because, yeah, life is miraculous. I think a lot of people know that on a cognitive level. But the question is, are you experiencing in that way? Are you experiencing it that way on a day to day sort of hourly, uh, momentarily level? So voila. Last week, we learned how to identify your core values. And I want to sort of wrap that up and then help us to understand not only how to 
identify your core values, but also what to do with that information and why it even matters. Alexia, last week I was able to use you as a guinea pig for identifying your core values. So I'm curious, I'm curious if you've thought about that at all since last week and if you have any thoughts about what your initial ideas are about your own core values. I think the ones that we were sort of saying are possibilities last week was community and inspiration. So I'm curious where you've, how that has evolved since last week. Yeah, I think that I've had some time to reflect on it. So we talked about community, inspiration, creativity, love, companionship. Um, And so this weekend I went to a great music festival on campus, like arts festival Mm. um, with my friends. And it was just, I was so happy, like just Mm. being there, being able to see some performances. Um, So again, it was just like emphasizing the fact that I was my most happiest most happiest. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. go with that. Totally. <laughs> I was very happy being in that environment. Um, so yeah, I totally agree with those values. And I think I'm, I'm going to place myself there for the time. I being. love it. Mm-hmm. I love that you also when I was like, when are you happiest in your life? And that was literally exactly what you said. And then you already got to have that experience since we last talked. Yeah, I'm always pursuing that experience. That's like I great. love going to concerts and going to performances. Um, and I think it just says a lot about like where I find community. Um, yeah. And just what I like to emphasize in my life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, I think and I think it's great that you're prioritizing that already. So I wanted to clarify a few things. So last time I walked us through the process of identifying core values. So if you haven't listened to the last week's episode on how to identify core values, I recommend doing that because there's there's a there's a process that I really recommend which involves understanding not only what you think your core values might be, but before you even really begin to think about that, first going through a process that I call understanding your current operating system, which is asking yourself deep, powerful, uh, sort of invasive questions that draw out the information about not what you think you value, but what you are valuing currently. Everything that you're valuing currently, whether you think that it's a core value, whether you think that it's a demon, or whether you think it's just sort of some neutral stuff in the middle. And I was thinking about this after uh, after last week because I walked you all through that process and it's a process that's important to me. And so I wanted to shed a little bit more light on that process and also really why it matters and what a core value is. So if you listen back to last week, I walk us through the process of how to identify your core values and the reason why that process is important to me is because what I have found is that we as human beings, if if we already knew what our core values were, right, if that was like extremely clear in our mind and we felt that we had articulated and been really intentional about delineating those, then all of us would be fully aligned with the miraculousness miraculousness of life already, right? Like we would all be enlightened. That's what we would do it, be doing. Our current operating system would be our core values. 
But the reality is that nobody that I know is doing that, including me, because we are fallible and because orienting our lives around our deepest, most pure values doesn't come without any effort. It doesn't come effortlessly. It requires reflection and it requires intentionality and it requires work. And so the process that I guided us through last week really is founded on the belief that in order to get to the bottom of our core values, it's important that we stop and reflect ideally with somebody else. You know, this is part of what I do with my life coaching clients. So you can do this with a life coach, but you can do it with a friend. You know, you can do it um, potentially in a way where you actually I was thinking about this as well. If somebody is attempting to do this on their own, my recommendation would be to ask yourself these questions and then record yourself responding to them out loud and then listen back to what you've recorded so that you can go through the process that I took Alexia through for just one question last time, which is to respond authentically and sort of stream of consciousness to a question such as, when are you at your happiest in your life, right? Or another question that we asked was, tell me about an experience in your life that was life-changing to you. Or another great question is, when are some times in your life that you have felt inferior? Okay, so asking yourself those questions, having someone else ask you those questions, working with a coach to answer those questions. But if you are going to try to do it yourself, my recommendation is to literally answer the questions out loud, record yourself with a tape recorder, you know what I mean, and then listen back to it and then pull out all the values that you're hearing. Okay, and the reason why I think this process of asking questions and then drawing out the values from the information provided in the answers to the questions rather than just listing the values outright is because I think it's so important when we are looking at our current values to show rather than tell, okay? Because The truth is that we can find out a whole lot more about what we are valuing, what we value, if we look at how we feel about things that happen in our life, if we look at how we invest our energy, if we look at what we worry about, if we look at how we spend our time and our money, if we look at who we admire, who we hang out with, right? than if we look at just saying, what are your values? Because if we ask what are our values outright, we will often give an answer that is not actually reflected in our actions and our choices and our thoughts. And so the question that we're trying to ask by identifying the current operating system, it's actually not the question, what do you value? The question we are answering by identifying your current operating system is what are you currently valuing, right? What are you valuing? And it is only by answering that question that we get an opportunity to really reflect and say, okay, what do I want to value? And it's important that A, we delineate those two things 
and B, that in deciding what we want to value, that we have clear information about what we are already valuing in order that we can integrate that information into the process of beginning to organize our life solely around what we want to value. And that is the core values. Does that, does that make sense, Alexia? Yeah, absolutely. I'm following. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So that's number one. Number two, I wanted to get a little bit more specific about what core values are because I gave a, a lot of information last time and I want to make some clarifications. So I talked about how the demons and the core values are different. One of those reasons is because we are often orienting around the demons because they validate us. And that is true. Our core values are not things that we're orienting around in order to gain validation or in order to prove our worth or earn our worth, right? They're not measuring sticks. They are the principles that we believe are essential. And they're not the things that we do in order to assess our value or assess our worth. They're the things that we do simply because we believe deeply in them, okay? That is one difference. But another difference is that, you know, demons or just the things, we walk through this process of assigning every word on your operating system, a one, two, or a three. So the two is the things that are sort of neutral. It's not the most important thing in the world, but it's also not harming you to put energy and effort into Right. So the twos and the threes, which are the demons and the neutral stuff, those can also be coming not necessarily from a need for self-validation or for measuring our worth. We talked about what the problem with that is, Uh, but they can also be coming from fears, you know, from a place of wanting to sort of live small or of just choosing our behaviors and our priorities based on what we've been taught is important, but that doesn't necessarily resonate deeply with us. You know, uh, they can be they can be coming from values that we are putting a lot of effort into, but that do not ultimately the, the main the bottom line of the demons is that they are values that we are putting our effort and our energy into that do not ultimately facilitate our most deeply fulfilling life, right? There are values that we are putting effort and stock into that do not ultimately facilitate us being fully aligned with the miraculousness of life. So that's what the demons are. And the core values, on the other hand, are the values that most facilitate our alignment with the miraculousness of life. And so a good way of thinking about it is that those values are the values, the core values are the values that we believe are at the heart of the meaning of life itself. So when we reflect on our core values and we look at each word, we should be able to say authentically and certainly, yeah, this, I believe that this is the the meaning of being alive, okay? 
And if we can say that, then it's probably a core value. But if we can't say that, it's probably not a core value. So that's the distinction. Now the, now the next question becomes, who cares? Why do you need to know what your core values are? Well, going back to that quote that I named at the beginning of today's episode, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. The reason why it's important to know our core values is because, in my experience, knowing our core values and also knowing our current operating system and our demons is one of the most effective ways to liberate ourselves from the bullshit and tune in with the miraculousness of life. Basically, the core values are the tuning dial that allow us to get in tune with the miraculousness of life. And in order to do that, we also have to know exactly what we are working on tuning out. And then that is the demons as well as the other noise that just isn't as essential as the core values. So once we know what our core values are, then of course, the next step is to apply them. And so the question is, how do we do that? Well, that's where having the core values makes our lives a whole lot easier because now once you have your core values, you have those like four to six words that represent the principles that you say are the meaning of life. And so you have a very easy reference point for making any decision moving forward. And that doesn't mean that it has to be the only criteria for decision-making moving forward, but I do believe that it would be beneficial and certainly not harmful to have your core values be one of the criteria for any and every decision moving forward. And what does this look like? So the first thing is that you can use the core values when you have an acute or an immediate question to solve. So a question such as, do I want to get my degree in this or do I want to get my degree in that, right? A question such as, do I want to stay in my current city or do I want to move abroad, right? A question such as, am I going to be satisfied having this level of income, right? Or am I going to be satisfied having this individual as my best friend, right? Or as my marriage partner? Uh, All of those questions can take into account the core values. And the way that you do that is simply to go through each of your core values and ask yourself, is this choice aligned with my core value? You know, is this choice aligned with... I'll speak to some of my own values. Is this choice aligned with my value of love? Is this choice aligned with my value of spirituality? Is this choice aligned with my value of bravery? Okay. And if you're having trouble answering the alignment question, so that's one way of asking the question. Another way of asking the question is, 
to imagine personifying the value. So one of my favorite core values is bravery. Bravery is one of my personal core values. And so I could ask myself, what would bravery have to say about this? If bravery was kind of its own being, what would it say about this option that I'm considering? And then I can, I can kind of speak for bravery and I can think about or write down what it would say. And in that manner, I gain information about how to choose and what to choose. So I want to check in with Alexia and I want to ask you if you have any if you, if you have any choices that you think we could try this for. Oh, yes, I definitely do. <laughs> uh, let me think. Let me think. Excuse me. Um, one choice that I'm thinking about is whether I want to go right to grad school like mm. more soon or if I want to delay it and kind of like test the limits on the job market within where I want to go. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm just deciding like I really love education. I eventually want I mean, obviously, when you get a grad degree, you supposedly make more money. I think that's the correlation. Right. right, right, right. Um, so, yeah, that's something I'm thinking about now. So the question is. Do should you go directly from undergrad to graduate school mm-hmm. or what's the other option or not and just kind of see where life takes me in terms right. of like actually getting work experience right um, while I love education I also love being in the world and like actually being able to practice what it is I'm doing so um, or what it is I've been studying so I'm, I'm a little lost right right yeah. right absolutely that's a great question and from last time question second question Mm -hmm. which of the words stood out to you so if we were doing this the way that I suggested what we would have done is collect up all those words that I named to you last time and put them into buckets like okay these all seem to go together maybe community companionship love potentially all seem to go together maybe inspiration creativity fun all seem to go together potentially um Within those buckets, or would you edit any of the buckets? So A, would you edit any of the buckets? B, within those buckets, which words stand out to you Mm -hmm. as the overarching value, the core value? Mm -hmm. Um, I uh, I think that the buckets are good. I might, and I'm going to say this now just for the sake of like this um, example. Yeah, please. (laughs) In my real life, edit it a little more. Yeah, yeah, please. But I think that community stands out to me a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And how about the other bucket? The, is there anything in the other bucket that stands out or that feels like a core value? Yeah. Uh, inspiration for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you now, and you can, you don't have to have the right answer, mm-hmm. but I, I want you to, I want to see what it looks like to f- reflect on this yeah. live. Mm-hmm. What do you think your value of community would have to say about going directly from undergraduate to graduate school? Yeah. Um, My initial thought is that it is a little misaligned. Mm. Um, So for context, my field of study and what I'm interested in is community health. Yeah. Um, And so much of my undergraduate degree has been like learning about how to engage community, but I haven't been able to really get into the field to do it just because we take so long to learn about how to do Mm. it. Um, Right, right, right. In the sense of valuing community, like, yes, if I go back to school, it's still being engaged with the idea of community, how to build it, how to build resilience and engage it. But at the same time, um, it's not necessarily like a 
very immediate activation of that got it for me right it's more like learning about community rather than doing community exactly got it love it that's a great answer Mm -hmm. and then my second question uh what do you think your value of inspiration Mm -hmm. might say about going directly from undergraduate to graduate school yeah um i think that inspiration is attached to my value of learning that i don't think came out um Mm -hmm. particularly the first time we went through this so that connects but also i think the way that i think about inspiration first and foremost is um being with people and being collaborative with other people being creative with other people so to be fair i think that that one kind of pops up in between both um points of like being out in the community doing work being inspired in that way Mm -hmm. um but also that is so much of my learning is that i get inspired of like different ideas and different things to pursue in my life so got it that one's a little tricky absolutely Mm -hmm. and and i i would have it's you kind of answered both but my next question would have been what and so yeah let's just hear here quickly you put it into words in this way what would your value of community have to say about taking some time Mm -hmm. to work and have other experiences after undergraduate prior to enrolling in graduate school yeah I think that those those ideas are probably aligned okay yeah great and what would your value of inspiration have to say about taking some time Mm -hmm. between undergraduate and graduate school that's a good question. I think that they are probably aligned. I don't think as much as the matchup that we made previously between community and going to work. Uh-huh. Um, just because it's not necessarily like a real-time type of inspiration. It's more like I'm gaining all of this knowledge and packing together all of these things that I know to one day act on it. Right. Um, whereas for me, I think inspiration is more like, again, very collaborative, very like in the moment from a day-to-day perspective and always like then critically thinking about like, how do I reflect what I've been inspired by in my own work? Totally. Um, and I don't necessarily see that happening all the time in school when I have assignments. You know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> yeah. Any takeaways from this reflection? Yeah, a lot. I think I probably went into this a little biased anyway. Yeah. I think sure. that. <laughs> As we do with I, most yeah. decisions, yeah, right? Yeah. You know? I don't necessarily want to go back and hit the books right now. <laughs> um, but I think that totally. because of the questioning that you gave me, it did help to reaffirm that either way is a great move for me. Yeah. Um, and so it's more just like what is going to make me more comfortable in this moment. Um, and I also don't feel like I'm going to lose anything by one decision or the other because I'm uh, fairly happy with both. And I do per- intend to pursue both. It's just kind of like, where do I want to go right now? Right. Absolutely. So I have a response to that, but I think this is a perfect time to take a break. And I want to, when we come back from the break, I want to see if I can sort of reconcile that challenge of feeling like either decision that you make would be a good decision. And that's a good problem to have. We'll be right back. you're listening to during the break is by keto that's artist k-i-e-d-o and you're listening to full service radio 
Welcome back to This Miraculous Life. Today we are doing part two on identifying and today, most importantly, applying your core values. So Alexia has just given us a great example of what it looks like to apply your core values and use them to make actual decisions in your actual life. And it is, I think, one of the most effective decision-making tools. And as you saw in Alexia's example, I think that she gave some information and, you know, this is something she can flesh out further. And with Alexia, we really didn't go through the full process of identifying all of her core values and reflecting on all of the questions. And that would be important for her to feel fully confident and comfortable that these are her core values and that she can rely on these for her decision making. But that being said, you know, assuming that these are her core values and that we had gone through that process, the way that she talked through the questions she was answering, I thought that there was some pretty clear information about which option is more aligned with her core values. That being said, you know, that doesn't mean that the other option is a bad choice, but this is the other part that I wanted to get into today about why the core values are such a valuable resource. And that is because most of the time in life, we are choosing between two perfectly good options, right? Like in life, there's a great TED talk on this, and uh, I think it's called How to Make Difficult Choices. I recommend it. If you look up TED Talk, making hard or making difficult choices, you will find it. I recommend it. But it's a great talk about how a difficult choice in life is not difficult because there is one right choice and one wrong choice. It is difficult because there is no wrong choice, right? It's difficult because the two options and the outcomes of those options are on a par, right? They could both be interpreted as good. And so we're not choosing between whether to take something awesome or whether to take something that sucks. We're choosing between two things that could be good, to any given person, right? Or that have pros and that have cons or that come with something wonderful, but that also come with some significant risks or downsides or challenges. And that is why it is a hard choice because there is no, it's not, the choice about which is the right choice and which is the wrong choice is ultimately very subjective. There is no objective, correct answer to this choice in your life. It's not a math problem, right? And this is where the core values come in because I believe that when making difficult choices in our life, which we have to do often, um, such as, you know, where to live, what family to create, who to help, how to help them, where to go to school, what to study, like all of these things are difficult choices. And I have come to believe that it is often more effective and also more sort of accurate in terms of pointing us in the direction that is right for us to ask ourselves not 
what do we desire or what do we want? Because, you know, the truth is that often what we want is the best of both worlds. And that's not an option. You know, this is where we get into the paradox of choice, whereby we fail to make decisions and therefore make a a decision is made for us by default, right? Or we undermine our decisions by comparing them against imaginary alternatives that don't exist on this earth. That is unhelpful to us. And sometimes when we ask, what do I want? That is the kind of thinking that we get into is thinking about, well, how, how can I get all of the upsides of both options and none of the downsides? And that is, is often uh, paralyzing to us, but also undermines our sense of happiness. And so a question that I find to be more efficacious is the question of who do I want to be? Or put another way, what type of person do I want to be? And then you apply that to your decision making. Okay. And so the core values tell us what type of person we want to be. And then we apply that to say, okay, so what would that type of person do in this situation? Which decision would that type of person make? And I personally find that in my life, when I ask myself that question, the answer is much more clear than the answer to what do I want, you know? And my core values tell me the answer to the question, what type of person do I want to be? And so it's combining those two together of prioritizing in decision-making what type of person do we want to be? And then knowing that that, the answer, like that question is enough, you know, acting on that is enough. It doesn't have to be the perfect decision as long as the decision is aligned with who we want to be in this world. And then the core values answer that question so that every time we're thinking about that, we remember who we are. We remember who we want to be. And we have a clear outline of those deepest, most sort of un- contaminated values to look back to, to remember who we want to be. And so this is how we can apply the core values. So I want to offer that as a decision-making tool for any choice that we make. Alexia, does that make, does that make sense? Does it, do you see how you could apply that to any choice? That makes a lot of sense. It reminds me of, so I, I've mentioned this before, but I teach like leadership to youth yeah. um, and we teach them to make decisions like within a leadership context of like, right. what was your original goal? Like what is the future projection? And then what decision is going to get you closer to that? And mm. I never thought to spin it of like, think about your own personal decisions in that way of like, what is your ideal goal self? Um, which right. is something that I think is in the back of your mind. But when you're in such a tough position of thinking about things and we're so stubborn and we want it all, right. um, that's a really hard thing to remember. So that really just unlocked a, a lot of potential for me. That's good. really good. Yay. I love that. Yeah. It really, it really has been helpful to me. And then I can, Rest easy knowing that even if I didn't make a decision that causes me to have an easy experience or that causes me to have all of the 
things that I enjoy in life, frankly, you know, or to have everything that I might have imagined, I can rest easy knowing that I behaved, I made the choice of the person, the type of person that I would want to be and that that is the most superior thing for me to consider in my decision making and that that was my number one criteria. And so I can know I made the right choice because that's what I was thinking about when I made that choice. And I can even take into consideration the things that I'm the sacrifices that I'm willing to make or the challenges that I'm really willing to incur in order to be the person that I want to be, AKA live out my core values Mm -hmm. above everything else. So I offer that as a decision-making tool. And then I also want to offer a framework by which we can think about and apply our core values, even if we don't have a major decision to make. And the framework is this, I hinted at it briefly last time. Once we identify what our core values are, the idea is that we can really assess quite well our current level of thriving by looking at how much we are currently fulfilling and living into our core values, as well as how much we are currently prioritizing and giving space and power to our demons. And so if we're giving a lot of space and power and orientation to our demons and we are not living into our core values very well, then it is most likely that we are going to feel like we are really languishing. We may feel depressed, you know, we may feel just bad, basically, you know, and on the other hand, if you're doing what most of us are doing, which is living into our core values somewhat and also prioritizing our demons and empowering our demons somewhat, then we're going to feel sort of somewhere in the middle. We're going to feel like overall, like we're pretty happy, but we feel like maybe something is missing or we're like, is this really it in life? You know, something feels like it could be enhanced or it could be even more wonderful. And we don't, we often don't know why or what that is. And that is often in part because we are still giving a lot of energy and power to our demons and maybe our core values are not being fully fulfilled or prioritized. And then lastly, if our core values are being fully fulfilled, fully embodied, fully aligned with the choices that we're making and the way that we're currently orienting our lives and our demons are eliminated, then in theory, we should feel like we are thriving. We should feel like we are flourishing. We should feel like we are vibrating on all cylinders and living as living our best life, you know? So the way to assess that is to literally go through each of our core values and First of all, decide how we would personally define that value because it's important that we think about how our values are defined in terms of action rather than in terms of having. So when when I go through my core values and when I coach people to define their core values, I always want to make sure that their definitions begin with a, a noun such as being, doing, 
prioritizing living rather than begin with the now with the sorry with the verb rather rather than begin with a verb having okay and so when we define our core values we are defining them as a verb we're not defining them as a noun they are a thing that we do rather than a thing that we have Okay, and so that's important that our values be able to be a way of life rather than just a thing that we either can get or not get. And once we know how we define our values, then we can assess the presence and the fulfillment of these values in our life currently. And we can do that by saying, okay, on a scale of one to 10, you know, how fully fulfilled is this value in my life currently? So for me, I might say, how fully fulfilled is my value of bravery in my life currently? You know, do I feel that my life is fully aligned with my value of bravery? Or are there ways in which I'm not being as brave as I would like to be? And that doesn't have to mean, so a 10 out of 10 means my life this value is as aligned and fulfilled with my life as I would like it to be. That doesn't have to mean perfection. That doesn't mean have to mean I'm the bravest person in the world. That doesn't even have to mean that other people see me as brave. It just means that I think I am doing all that I want to do to align my life with the value of bravery and my choices and the things that I have in my day-to-day life are as aligned as I would like them to be with my value of bravery. And if I could keep prioritizing bravery as much as I currently am forever, that would be enough for me. So if I felt that way, I would give that bravery a 10 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10. You know, some people feel like there's no such thing as a 10 out of 10 and I'm fine with that. But if I felt like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm making my choices out of a place of fear, you know, the job that I'm doing, it's not the job that I most desire. It's just the job that feels safe to me. You know, the, the family that I'm creating is a family that I'm creating because that's what feels familiar and comfortable to me. And I'm saying no to things that maybe arise as options for my life, but that feel like a huge risk, I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to do that because that feels really vulnerable and really unsafe and really unstable and really risky. If that was the case, then I might give myself a really low score on bravery. I might say I'm at, I'm at like a two out of 10 on bravery. And if that's the case and bravery is my core value, then I am definitely going to feel that I am not living my best life. So in the instance that you don't have an acute or immediate decision to make, this is another option for assessing your current alignment with your values and making decisions based on that. You, Once you identify what each of your core values are, you define them and you define them as a verb instead of a noun. And then you rate how fulfilled this value currently is in your life. And once you find out how fulfilled this value currently is, then that gives you insight on A, if what, if anything, needs to evolve 
and change in your life in order for you to be fully fulfilled in your core values. It gives you insight into why you may feel that you're not thriving. And then if what you find when you do this exercise is that actually you are at a nine out nine or a 10 out of 10 on all your values and you still feel like you're not thriving, that's when you look at the demons. And you say, okay, so if I'm fully living into all my values and I'm still not thriving, there must be something else going on. And what I find is that if and when that is the case, it is often because even though we are prioritizing our values, our core values, we're also prioritizing our demons. And so for most of us, the process towards thriving is a process of uplifting, empowering, and prioritizing our core values and a process of diminishing and disempowering our demons. But for some of us, one side of that coin is more important than the other, and this is a way of figuring out where you need and want to spend your energy in order to achieve thriving. And by the way, While we were on the break, I figured out that the quote that I named, how we spend our days is of course, how we spend our lives is by Annie Dillard. So I want to leave you with that today and with the understanding that this is the purpose of our core values. The purpose of the process that I walked you through is to understand what we are valuing. The purpose of our core values is to understand what we most want to value and what we believe is at the heart of the meaning of life itself and to have a clear guide for how to orient our lives around those principles and those values. And we can use that in making any decision by asking ourselves, what would this value have to say about each choice? How aligned is each choice with this value? And in doing that, we can know that the priority is to make the choice that is aligned with who we want to be. And that is what the values will give us insight into. And then lastly, even if we don't have an acute decision to make, we can use the values to assess why we're feeling the way that we're feeling in our life currently. So I hope that this serves you in tuning in more deeply with the miraculousness of your life and liberating yourself from your personal bullshit. Have a miraculous day. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.